Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this very special show uh, of the KJ Masterclass. And today we have got John C. Morley, senior serial entrepreneur. And he will tell us about business, about his special tips, how one can be a successful entrepreneur. Welcome to the show, John. It's so nice to have you here. AJ, it's a pleasure to be here. So coming straight to the point, uh, John, can you tell us about, you know, about entrepreneurship and a successful one at that and share your tips? So first, tell us about your business, what you do and, and about entrepreneurship as a, as a whole. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of cut my big story in half because it's long. I started in school and uh, when I was in college, I had known for a long time that I wanted to start my own company. I started a company called JCM and Son, and I was doing IT support for $10 in person, not per hour, for the entire thing, regardless of how long or short it took me. And by phone, only $5. You weren't going to make any money doing that, but I was doing it for my passion. When I graduated, my dad gave me a choice. Do you want to go work for somebody or do you want to work for yourself? And I was like, I think I want to work for myself. He's like, well, I have a company. He's like, if you want to take option B, which is you work for yourself, I suggest you go take a vacation for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks and I'll pay for it. And when you come back, then you'll have a clear head and you'll be ready to go. But if you don't want to do that, I'd ask that you go look for a job as soon as you come back. I said, no, I'm going to work for myself. So he had a company. It was a land surveying company. And we took JCM and Son and he kind of was there for several years. He wasn't a tech person, but he had started something. And then after several years, I changed it into a company called Jaymore Connection because my friends kept telling me I was running a paint company. And I said, it's not a paint company. So we changed it to Jaymore Connection. And um, real quickly, I'll just jump ahead. When I was a junior, I had a friend in college. And he said, John, he says, you're never going to do marketing. You're an engineer. You don't know anything about marketing or advertising. Mm -hmm. I said, you're right. I don't. And I said, I don't ever want to learn. That's what I said back then. Until about 10 or 11, because my one company's 32, 30 years young. Until about 10, 11 years ago, I realized something, AJ. They were ripping me off. They didn't know what they were doing. And my dad was paying his hard-earned money before I even was making any money. Then I was writing all my checks out to this big company, still in business. I'm not going to mention their name in New York. They're on Wall Street. And they didn't know what they were doing. But what I decided to do was with all this going on, I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, and I got to stop listening to what people tell me and do what I believe I can do. And I believe I can be a marketer. I can be an advertiser, but I have to research a little bit. Skipping ahead, skipping ahead, skipping ahead. I bought a $150,000 print production machine, my first. Didn't know mm -hmm. what I was doing. Took 40 hours of training. Went back to, uh, it was Xerox at the time. And I said to Xerox, I said, uh, you know, I got the machine. And then I went back to the advertising company and I said, uh, I knocked on the gentleman's door early in the morning and I said, sir, I said, I want to say thank you to you. And I want to say thank you. We had a good run and we're done. And he was like, what are you talking about? John, can you give me, I haven't had my coffee yet. Can you just, can you give me a second? You want coffee? Yeah, yeah, you want yeah. donuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Feel yourself. And, and this is the, this is a good part of, you know, uh, of, of this, this show. You can be yourself. And, and through being yourself, you can actually, you know, share your real story with people. So take your time. No problem at all. So what happened, AJ, is uh, I'm knocking on the door. 
And I know I want to get, but I want to be polite. So I say, you know, we had a good run. Thank you. And we're done. And he's all crazy. He then gets over here. He says, let me go put the phone up. And he goes, let me call. I say, uh, Chris, can you come in here a minute? Uh, I got Mr. Morley here. And, uh, you know, he's here. Why don't you come and say hello? Oh, yeah, sure. He comes out. Oh, you know, Cindy made those muffins you like. And we got homemade biscuits. And we got toast and jam. And I said, I don't want any of that. He said, you want to go to diner? No, I'm all good. I said, I just came here, Chris, to say thank you. So you're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. Sharon's been waiting all night. She didn't go to bed. She was working on a brand new ad campaign that's going to knock your socks off. You want to see it? No. He said, no. No. I said, we had a great run, Chris. And we're done. Thank you. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, I was here before your manager and I'm here with you. And maybe I should be a little more blunt. You're fired. Oh, you're fired. But I want to be polite about it and say thank you. All right, well, why don't we go grab, why don't we stop this nonsense? Let's grab your coat. Let's go to the diner across the street. Let's figure all this out, okay? And then we can we can take a look at what's going on. I said, no. And they kept being persistent. And I said, I'm not interested in being ripped off by a company. Um, and the first sign, which I should have fired you years ago, was when you take me out to breakfast, lunch, or dinner based on the amount of money I pay you in a deposit, I'm working with the wrong company. And you did this multiple times. So, and John, goes, John yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll, you, we'll take that story uh, from here that, uh, that, uh, that I've interrupted. I just wanted for our viewers, how does one know one is ripping you off? In your case, what was it? Okay, so here was, here was the thing. Again, I was very naive in, in the marketing advertising. I knew nothing about it. And so the first clue, but this was, it was like they made a mistake, but I figured I can't do better. They had errors in the print. We did an eight and a half by 11 and they didn't check okay. things properly. So I had said to them, can next time I said, can we change the deadline? Oh, sure, John, we could change the deadline. Your deadline was yesterday. Ours is today. So then we got plenty of time. No, 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 no. If we have to change the deadline, it'll be $500 more to you because we have to change our deadline. I said, well, how does all that work? Well, we don't print it. We send it to somebody else. I said, this is a real racket. But I stayed with them. Then they did the lunch thing with me. I said to the gentleman, um, let's go do breakfast. Okay, fine. So I'll, I'm going to use arbitrary amounts of money. If I send them $100, they took me for breakfast at uh, a, a diner. If I okay. send them 250 they took me to Bennigan's for lunch, sandwich, coffee, and dessert. If I sent them $500, they sent me, took me to Ruth Chris with a steak and a nice dinner. So one time I told them, you know, I'm going to send you to 100 but I sent them to 500 They called me, oh, Mr. Morley, this is Brian Gagelettos. I said, yes, how are you? Listen, I don't know if you know this, but Brian has two kids, and um, both of them, uh, they're teething right now. I was like, okay. She's like, she's like I don't mean to you know, disturb you, uh, but Brian's wife had an accident. Katie, I said, okay, last week, and her car's in the shop. Uh, all right. And... When I did the reverse, this is when I told them I was sending them the 250 and I sent them the so, – so when I did this whole thing, they came back to me and said that the only time that he can meet you is actually at night because in the morning he'll be at the doctor's office. He has to take a Brendan and Chris to the doctor's office with me, and then lunchtime Phil's coming in to do an audit. So we only have 8 o'clock available to take you to dinner. So that seemed a little fishy. 
I did it reverse one time. I said, you know what? I'm going to send you 250. I sent her 100. She went back, oh, John, Mr. this is Brian Meshazadi's office. says, how are you? Listen, I hate to do this to you, but uh, Brian actually has to fly. He's flying internationally. And uh, he's got to fly out late, you know, because of the way the time zones work. And I said, well, let's just do lunch or another time. No, 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 can't do lunch because they're having an emergency planning meeting. The only time he has available for you is 8 a.m. for a quick sandwich at Joe's Deli. So I started to realize this. But what really made me understand this is that, AJ, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't understand marketing. I was paying them money, AJ, to learn about my company. And when you're writing or when you're marketing, you have to learn a little bit, but you shouldn't have to learn everything about marketing and advertising. They were making mistakes. They were with me for so many years and they kept telling me you have to put more money in, put more money in. But how did they survive in their own business? What, I guess you were not the only client for them. And, and, and uh, <laughs> so, they're, so, they're, so they're a fortune company today. So a big fortune company. And, okay. you know, these are some some, let's say, new people from college that have been there a couple of years, wet behind the ears, became friends with them. And the company had a big reputation, but they didn't. These new these 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 reps that didn't know anything about their marketing. Okay. They were the juniors. OK. And so I said to them um, when they actually called me, when they heard out we, when we were we were successful, first two years, we failed miserably. I built a print production, graphic media, digital video center, video design and production. They called me up when they heard we were successful. They said, John, Sarah and I want to come over and take you to lunch. All right. We want to talk to you about your clients. We know you're getting a lot of them, and we know this is a little bit out of your comfort zone. So what we want to do is take you to lunch, and we'll see if we can help you a little bit. might be a little more for you to, to handle. So we want to take those clients from you and keep your name on there. We'll do all the work. You keep okay. your name, charge whatever you want to charge. We'll charge you a little bit. And we'll have a professional firm that'll be designing it. And I sat back. He says, you know, you're good, but you're not good when it comes to like big, big companies. Okay. I said, you know, I said, here's a concept. I said, why don't we take some of those people that you're going to lose, the people you know that haven't called you in months and haven't paid their bills. Why don't we take some of those people, meet with them and help them with their plan, get them an ROI, then get some continued business, return back to you. And they have a profit. How's that for a concept? And you can keep your name on it. We'll just do the work. Oh, John, that's above my pay grade. What made me know that I had to fire them was I was taking my money and I was paying them. And they didn't know what they were doing. And I just kept sinking deeper and deeper in debt with them. And then when he says to me, we're going to give you a 40% discount on all your past bills and anything going forward. I said, you should have done that years ago. So any company that's trying to court you that much okay. and it has to play games with the way you meet based on the deposit, that's not something you want to work with. They didn't okay. know my business. They didn't know how to promote me. They didn't know what magazines. They didn't know anything about me. They didn't they they knew about restaurants. What's that? Restaurants. Uh, they, 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 knew, they, they knew about restaurants. They took me to the fanciest restaurants, Ruth Chris, and they knew how to work <laughs> it. And we always had a conversation at a meal table. That's how they worked. And when I had a question, oh, John, let's go to lunch. This is hard to do over the phone. Let's go to lunch and we can discuss it. What, on a napkin? 
Well, we'll bring a pad if you want. They always did it on a napkin. I said, why don't we bring a pad? So that's kind of what got that. And then I wanted to be able, AJ, to take my ideas and have them execute at 2 o'clock in the morning, a.m. So if I had an idea for a mailing, I didn't have to wait a month, a week, two days. I could print it and mail it the next day, and it would be in the people's post offices. So that got really exciting to me. And then I started realizing that we're good at what we do, but we just didn't have that big name. So I always try to tell people from the beginning, you know, we may not be for everybody, but I'm going to tell you in the beginning truthfully what it is you need to take the next step, whether so you're what, a small business. What, what after, after, after taking over your company fully, how exactly did you run and what were the services or products that you were providing? So I own several companies right now. I own an IT and technology company. My main background is I'm an engineer. Okay. And uh, our slogan is Wall Street trusts us with their IT and technology needs, shouldn't you? I have a level nine clearance with Wall Street. So okay. we design what, what this is security. Level what is level nine clearance? So that basically means that we can do almost anything a level 10 can do, except, and I'll tell you what that means, can do all the work, everything, but a level 10 person a level nine person can't take equipment that's not theirs or bring equipment that's not theirs to the site. That's a level okay. 10. A level okay. 10, they have to have blood taken every time. I don't okay. want to get involved with that. So okay. we designed the security and the backgrounds and all that's pretty tight. But then when I said I have this and you tell people you have this, um, you know, because a lot of people, AJ, they want everything done for $5. They want everything done very cheap. And I always say to people, look, if you call us, it's going to take us less time. Plus, we're going to guarantee our labor, you know, and we're not going to try to upsell you or push you. We're just going to get you what you need. The other company is a full marketing, print production, graphic media, digital design and video company. Okay. And I built that because I knew I needed some kind of vehicle, AJ, you, to get you, my messages like out. Would you like to take their names, John? Will, will that be okay with you? Oh, absolutely. Yep. So the other company is called Neighborhood. The first company is called the Jmore Connection, jmor.com. Okay. Uh, the second okay. company is called Neighborhood Publications, and our web presence is ourourprintconnection.com. Perfect. I learned, and then the third one is JCM Academy, where I do all kinds of motivational. I've done keynotes for Yale. My first keynote was for Yale in 1999. Minor, okay. major inconveniences of Y2K. Didn't get paid for it, but I built some great connections, and I started to understand that I was good at this, but then I didn't pursue that. Because the advertising company told me that I was no good at it. I should, the one thing I'm going to tell you and all your viewers, never listen to somebody else. When they tell you you can't do something, like Henry Ford said, you believe it, you're right. And if you believe you can, you're also right. So I started letting other people's programs run through me, but I didn't know what was happening. So about a year or two after I graduated college, I got certified in uh, hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming. And I took the Silva method. I was tired of paying people to solve my problems with mind and stuff. So why don't I just figure this out? I'm an engineer. I got hmm. certified in it. They said, are you going to become a doctor? I said, no, no, I'm not going to become a doctor. I just want to help myself get my goals achieved faster. My first goal that I achieved was to get a car. My first car I had was, um, it was a Chevy S10. It was a used car. And I wanted to get a car after that, which I did. I got a Jeep, but then I wanted a real luxury car. And I don't ask me how this happened. I can tell you how it happened. I did the mind work every day when I came home and sat in my chair. 
I pictured myself in that car. Now, at that time, it was an MDX Acura. I knew that I wanted it. I went to the dealership. I drove it. I felt it. I smelled it. I used the features. I came home every night, closed my eyes. I just felt myself in the car. In six months, AJ, that car was in my driveway. Okay, so is it is it is it that uh, you want to say that if you want to get something in your life, you got to keep on uh, working towards it, thinking about it? How how well? How it, it's yes. Yeah, so that's a good lesson. It's not just thinking about it because most people will think all day and say, "Gee, why am I not being successful?" They think, they think, and they work so hard, but they don't get anywhere. And it's because right. thinking's not enough. So you can visualize. So there's two things that create you to propel towards your goals. One, you have to have the intention. The second thing is you have to realize that you have to put the feelings and the emotions forward. So your okay. heart is a big proponent of getting you to your goal. So with the car, I knew in my mind what I wanted. But then in my heart, I created the feeling. What did it sound like? What did it feel like? And I just kept driving and kept believing I'm getting into my new car. I'm getting into my new car. I could see myself enjoying it. And when you do that, the feelings, because our world is all connected. And what I mean by that is there's energy everywhere. If you've ever been around somebody and the energy is not good, you kind of want to move away from them. But other people, you want to be drawn toward them. Well, we do the same thing in our life. And when I did this, I said, wow, I said, I just manifested this car. And. It all happened because I was sitting in my chair every night, maybe five, 10 minutes. I'd close my eyes, meditate, but I would be driving my car. I already felt what the car felt like. I also took the picture and put it on my screensaver, on my phone, on my laptop. So I was seeing that car. Now, I wasn't thinking about, oh, my gosh, I don't have the car. That wasn't in my mind because, remember, what you think about, you bring about. And so if you think about what, oh, my gosh, I don't have it then lack's going to bring more lack into my life. I'm like, I'm so happy I have the car I have. And this other car is going to be even great, even greater. And then I got it. So when you want to manifest something in your life, I think the hardest thing for people to understand is that why doesn't it happen tomorrow? Like, you know, you do something, but it doesn't happen. Right. And that frustrates people. And the reason that it frustrates people is one big reason. And that is that they don't have a big enough why. So why did I want this car? That was probably the big why. Yes, I could feel it. Yes, I wanted it. It was a luxury car, but why did I really want it? I want it because it had the top of the line navigation system and I got lost. <laughs> Most gentlemen will never tell the lady, you know, uh, we never want to ask for what? Directions. <laughs> but yet right. I'll take uh, directions from Silicon Sally in the car and I started realizing that got me through. And then um, I started realizing something else, uh, AJ, that I wanted to be a voice online. Didn't have a podcast at the time. I started with blog talk radio in the United States. Grew my blog talk several years ago. And I just started doing a tech show, Jay Moore Tech Talk, which is still on today, but not on blog talk. Okay. After several years, I said, you know, I want to get on national radio. How am I going to get on national radio? I'm nobody. But I kept pitching myself. People were saying no. But I said, you know what? That no is just getting me closer to somebody saying a yes. And right. one day, somebody came back to me and said, you know what, John? We're going to give you a try. I said, well, how big your station? Well, we have 48 stations in the United States. <laughs> and we syndicate to all of them. And we broadcast from upper state New York. And you could do it from home. And 
all right. So I got on with them and we were doing very well. We grew the audience up to a nice size. And then about a year or two later, we decided to get into advertising, you know, for them to start. I had the numbers because you have to have the numbers to get the average people to advertise. So um, I said, what do you think we could get? He said, I don't know, 50,000, a few million. I said, maybe two, three million. So I had the number in my head, three and a half million. I um, had a guy call me and he says, you know, John, he says, uh, I'd love to be an advertiser of your show. I said, oh, that'd be great. I said, uh, about three and a half million. And he comes to me and he gives a check to the advertising because it's not me. It goes to the station and I would get 60% of that money. But here's what happened. The check went in. I never got any money. I didn't get a penny. And I said, something's wrong with that, AJ. I said, why don't I get something? And the station, the, the, the DJ said, oh, John, you're going to have to talk to the station, the station manager. This is a complicated one. Talk to station manager. He says, thank you so much. We got your check. Uh, they're going to be a repeat client. Uh, they gave us a check for three and a half million. Oh, when am I getting my money? You know what? Let me let you talk to the station owner because this one's one I don't even understand. So now I'm talking to the station owner. I said, look, can we cut the nonsense and just tell me why I'm not getting the money? Because I've already heard from two people. He said, well, John, it's complicated. No, it's not. Why am I not getting the money? All right. Well, here's what happened. He called us. He wanted to advertise with you, but not in the way you thought. He actually wanted to buy you out. That's what do you mean? Okay. He wanted to buy your whole program out. My tech show? He didn't want your tech show. He wanted your 9 to 10 slot on Thursday nights. Oh, so what happened? We said, sure. So you just sold out. We worked together for several years. You know, John, money talks, and your show was great, but $3.5 was a lot better in my pocket. And I kind of had a, a bad taste in my mouth from that. So I pulled away from media and writing and things for a while, planning to never go back. But then a few years ago, I bumped into somebody and said, hey, John, whatever happened to Jay Moore Tech Talk? I said, we don't do it anymore. Oh, that's a shame. I have somebody that wants to talk to you. Talk to the person. He says, um, he wanted to watch the other show. And he says, you know what, John? I was reaching out to you. I said, why are you reaching out to me? I was wondering, um, you know, if you'd be considered to do one more show. I said, we're not doing any more shows. He says, well, would you just do one more to humor me? I said, I'll do one more if you really want. He says, because I want to be your co-host. Mm -hmm. And I said, I never had a co-host. He says, yeah, but I'd like to be your co-host. So we do a show. We have a lot of fun doing it. The show ends, and we agree that we're going to do one more show. We have the show on, and I say, everyone, thank you so much. I thank my wonderful co-host. It's always a privilege, a pleasure to be here. And now we must say goodbye uh, to Jay Moore Tech Talk because this is our very last show. Uh, no, it's not, John. What do you mean it's not? We agreed that today was going to be the last show. This is the second show. It's the last one. We did, but that was before you had 10 guests lined up. <laughs> I said, uh, so I guess we're going to be back, what is it, every Friday night? Every Friday night at 5.30. Okay, well, we'll see you then, and remember to catch us. And So then I got into that, and I started interviewing people from around the world, authors. Um, uh, I actually interviewed last year the first man to ever talk on a cell phone and invent it. And so just loving to interview people similar to yourself and wanting to find the truth in the story. And that got me into that. But then I realized, you know, 
The show is good about technical, but it doesn't help people grow and improve their lives, only technically. So I said, hmm, I'm good at motivating people. Why don't I start something with motivation? Right. So uh, Neighborhood Productions was born, video okay. productions. And uh, I started a school because I was doing all the video editing myself. Now I run an internship. Okay. And uh, we started our very first channel, and it was called, um, it's still out, John C. Morley, Serial Entrepreneur. Okay. And the first segment was called Super Motivational Friday. Motivational Friday. And one of the shows, uh, one of the, it's not a show, but it, they're like short little under 10 minute things. And we did one called Invisible Ink, Why You Should Never Lie. Okay. And so what I did is I took a piece but, of but paper. But you see, a lot of, a lot of people lied to you. And then, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when people do something, AJ, I don't get angry. I don't get upset. I don't try to harm them. What I try to do, AJ, is educate people. Right, right. That's the so big I word. Had, <laughs> so I had this piece of paper. I took some grape juice. I wrote down the thing about, you know, you'll be exposed. And then I said to everyone, because it was actually, I called this, the other show I called Science Friday with John on another channel I have called Envision Networking. Envision the future. Envision how we can connect with people. But I wanted to take science and connect relationships and improving people's lives. So I did that, and I started writing it visibly. And um, then I said, you know why you should never lie, everyone? Because sooner or later, you're going to go to a party. That party is mm. going to be amazing until Mr. or Mrs. Grape Juice show up to the party, and they expose you for the true liar that you are. And that's what was <laughs> written on my paper. And people laughed. Uh, <laughs> and there were a lot of other ones we did. We set rockets off. We said, do you have the rockets of desire? But So there's a lot of great things on that channel. And I realized that I had a gift because I wasn't just doing that. And then, of course, we have a channel that does product reviews at, at, uh, and we do um, uh, unboxings, which I love to do. But that doesn't motivate people. That's tech stuff, which I love to do. And then I started doing something called a daily series, a daily, a weekly series. I became a national streamer on LinkedIn, oh, probably over a year ago, which is not easy to do. And uh, about a few hours before this, I actually streamed. And we stream anywhere from 8 o'clock, 6 o'clock at night till maybe 10 or 11. And the theme for this week is, what's on your mind? Tonight was episode one. So I streamed for about 20 to 40 minutes. Uh, last week, the theme was, how and why is gratitude important in your life? So right. what I find is that when I get to do these things and then every once in a while I get a letter back or I get an email or I get a message, Hey, John, you changed my life. I had one lady that I helped her get a job because I helped her look at the perspective, which is that if we change the way we look at the things, we look at change. And that came from a very wise person that passed on Dr. Dwayne, Dwayne Dyer, you may know, uh, who I follow for many years, learn from Patanjali's. So if we change our perspective right now in life, then everything's going to change. If we change our perspective about somebody else, they're going to change the way they, they approach us. We can never try to have um, a motive to try to change someone. But if we change the way we are, it may change the way they are. But if it doesn't, you can't be upset. So I had a uh, landlord, and they were not being very polite. So I decided to do a video about, okay. not them, but just in general, about landlords around. I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur, and I'm here with another great, fantastic day. 
I'm actually at one of the properties, but for security reasons and to preserve the guilty or the anonymous, I'm not going to tell you where I am or what building, but I want to let you know something. You know, you got to be humble in your life. I don't care whether you have a dollar to your name, nothing to your name, or you have millions of dollars and you own buildings all over Franklin Lakes. Doesn't matter. You have to be humble because even though you have this money, sooner or later, it's going to bite you. You're going to get people that are not going to like you. Things are going to be hard. And if you just were a little bit humble, it might go the long way. And then I said to him, this isn't addressed to anybody specifically, but I hope that all the landlords, especially in our town and around the United States, will start treating some of their tenants better because it's not about showing how much you have. It's not about using the courts to try to make what you want happen because it's not fair and you have more money so you can pay off 10 attorneys. So suddenly everything you want becomes right. And I said, that's not how our life should be. And so um, that's what I do when something happens in my life. Uh, I pull out my press badge, mm-hmm. uh, National Association of Press. I say, you know what? I'm going to do a story on this. And they come to me and say, John, you can't shoot here. Why not? You're not allowed to do your stupid videos of motivation here. Well, I'm not doing a motivational video today. But what are you doing? I'm actually doing a documentary on um, <laughs> what's happening in our town and what our, what our residents need to be aware of. Oh, did you get that approved by anybody? I don't think I have to. It's, it's public news. Oh, because one thing that you'll know, AJ and the rest of our viewers, when you do something good, there are going to be people that don't like you. And I want to share another great story. It's, it's a hard right. story. Mm-hmm. I had started the chamber. Well, I took it over over five, six years ago. And when I took it over, there were a lot of bad people in it. What I mean by that is they were stealing. Uh, every one of their kids were getting scholarships. Not a good thing. So you you took you took over your local chamber as yes, president? I took it over and became president of it because it was going downhill. Right. When I, but first before I did that, I went to the town council and said, "Hey, I think I could do some good with this. I'd like you to nominate me." Of course, they love me. Bing, bing, bing. But then you know what happened? I started becoming a bull in a china shop, AJ, because I said I'm not dealing with dirty dishes. I'm going to throw them all out, buy all new dishes, put all new racks in. And I started giving people heart palpitations, um, started giving people uh, control issues that they had lawyers coming after me. And I said, I haven't done anything wrong. No, but you're moving a little too fast and, and we're not happy with the way you're doing things. Okay, well, there's a better way we could address that. We don't need to be rude. And so um, I had a gentleman, I'm not going to mention his name. He called me in. Called me and was always said, John, I want to talk to you. I had designed a program to look for local shopping in the town. He called me in his office, went to his office. He said, John, he said, I just want to let you know something. Uh, you know the program you're gonna you put together for the local? I said, Yeah, I said, it's pretty good. He says, very good. He says, uh, we're launching it and you're not. Uh, I said, excuse me? He said, Well, we're launching it and your chamber's not, and nor are you. Okay. And I said, can I ask why? Because I said so. He says, well, how many people do you have in that chamber right now? 20, 30. He says, when are you just going to give up? When are you just going to realize that, you know, you're just, you're just wasting your time with a chamber. And didn't want to say the way I felt, but I just kind of listened. 
And uh, I see, you know, such and such. I said, I want to give you a truthful answer. When I'm going to give up, just give me a minute. I want to think. I, I don't want to give you the wrong answer. I'm going to give you the exact hour, minute, day, and second that I'm going to give up. Just, just give me a minute. I sit back in my chair, and he's like, like he's like, yes, I'm going to give up. And I said, sir, you know what I'm going to give up? He said, no, I've been waiting for five minutes. I said, I understand. I'm going to give up when a little baby boy or a little baby girl tells their parents that they no longer want to learn to walk anymore. Scratching his head. He goes, when the blank is that? I said, well, you're a very intelligent man. You have two kids you've raised. Yes, boy and a girl. When did they ever tell you that they didn't want to learn to walk? Never. I said, I always knew you were intelligent and bright and give the right answer. That's when I'm going to give up. He says, John, you're arrogant. Now get the blank out of my office. And after that point, AJ, I realized something. I realized mm -hmm. I wasn't going to have his support. It was political. But I realized that if everybody likes you in life, you're not bringing your A game. Okay? Everybody wants to make friends. And, of course, I want to do that too. But if somebody likes you, that's great. And a lot of people like you. But if you don't have a few people, I'm not saying to hate you, but they're kind of like challenging you a little bit. You're not bringing your A game. And if you're not bringing your A game to the table, somebody else will and you'll be replaced. So they found that I was threatening to them, even though I wasn't. I was always very polite. Uh, whenever I tried to do things to help the town, they magically found a legal angle that I was breaking some law. When the mm -hmm. law people came, they're like, John, I don't know what you're breaking. Um, they just told us to come down here and have you leave. I, I can't really even see why we even have to tell you to leave, but we're asking you to leave. And it was just funny. So I started realizing that politics is funny. And you got to bring your A game every day because if you don't, somebody else will. And in life, being a serial entrepreneur, which is where I want to go, it's not an easy journey, AJ. Right. So right. there's serial entrepreneur and then there's entrepreneur, right? There's two different things. Right. Yeah. 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 And, can, can you elaborate on this, uh, uh, the entrepreneur part and the serial entrepreneur part? Because first, what should be an entrepreneur at all? Absolutely. So, so in the typical world, most people will usually work for a company, right? They'll work for, um, all right. And um, the other way you can earn money is um, basically uh, to work for yourself. Right. Right? All right. So an entrepreneur is someone that has their own business. All right? Uh, a profitable business. That's an entrepreneur. So what's between a serial entrepreneur and an entrepreneur? Then I'll tell you how you get started as one. You don't go paying $10,000 to join some academy called entrepreneurship, that's going to do jack for you. Mm -hmm. A serial entrepreneur is somebody that starts multiple companies. So I've only been a serial entrepreneur probably about 12 or 14 years. I was an entrepreneur when I started Jaymore. And then I realized that nobody's helping me get where I need to be. So I got to figure out how to do that. That's when I got creative. And that's where my entrepreneurship kicked in and made me a serial entrepreneur. Because I have more than one venture, more than one company. 
So if you opened a pizzeria and now suddenly you decided that you're going to open up, uh, I don't know, a lawn business, you're a serial entrepreneur. Some people are investors, but the reason people do this is companies don't treat people right. One of the first companies I worked for, AJ, before I got out of school, and I knew it was part-time, I worked for a government agency, and they're paying me not even 10% what I was worth. And I just kind of went there for the experience, and I said something to them after a couple of years. I was two weeks before I was supposed to, no, about three days before I was supposed to be vested. It was one Thanksgiving. And about a month or two before, I was, it was a traveling where I had to travel from site to site. I was a TCS, a technical services coordinator way below my qualifications. <laughs> I was a lot higher than them. And I would help people with their computers, get them ordered, plug them in, really didn't take a lot. Make sure the purchase orders were correct. And uh, I remember coming back one time and I got chastised by the office manager. I said, can I help you? She's like, John, she's like, uh, it's 128. Said, yes. Well, um, we show that you left that facility at, at one o'clock. And it should take you 17 and a half minutes to get here. I said, well, there could be traffic. We checked. There was no traffic at that time. She says, why did it take you an extra so many minutes? I said, to be very honest with you, I stopped to get a water because it was 102 degrees out. Yeah, that's not permitted. Okay, I won't do it again. Yeah, bring your own water or something, but you're not to go getting water or snacks or food on our time. I wasn't getting lunch. I was just getting a beverage. It doesn't matter what it is, a beverage, a sandwich. It's So I realized at that time, AJ, that I, the writing on the wall was there to leave. And I realized I was going to be vested in less than two weeks. Two days before Thanksgiving, three days before Thanksgiving, I walked into the HR person's office and I said, thank you. She says, what do you mean? I said, thank you. She said, why are you saying thank you? I'm saying thank you because we had a good run. Sound familiar? And we're done. That was the first right. time I used it. And she was like, she didn't understand what that meant. I said, well, Mary, it's really simple. You're all wonderful people. You know, we're only here for one reason. I'm here to become a better version of myself and to help you become a better version of yourself. I want to thank you for helping me realize how to become a better version of myself. And she was just, a, I said, what that really means in English is today's my very last day. <laughs> and she didn't get it. The rest of the people were like, well, John, we need you. I said, well, I'll do what I can. She said, well, you'll have to do it tomorrow morning. I said, no, today's my last day. So what do you mean? You're quitting? You know, you got fired. No, I chose to leave the establishment. Well, why would you do that? Uh, it's not fitting with my culture. And that's so, when I realized that you, an entrepreneur is somebody, AJ, that um, they're not rude, but they're people that are going to, like I did the bull in the china shop, right? A person that worked for a corporation that took over this would be more what our, our political party would have wanted because I would have followed more of the steps, and I would have took 100 years to get it close to what they want. Our town doesn't like change. So because I come from the background that I, I make progress, to give an example, I was doing a charity drive. Is it is it the change is so difficult? It's, it's like it's a learning that even a place like the U.S. and which is so close to uh, New Jersey or around the New York area. That people don't want to change, don't don't they see the winds of change, or is it is it the same everywhere? Because 
Being in it, India, even sometimes I also feel that. It's everywhere, AJ. It's not just New Jersey. It's all around the world. Um, it's just that in New Jersey, they're a little more abrupt in how they show it. In other parts around the world, India and other parts, they're a little kinder about change. Like, AJ, yeah. I know you're trying to show me this new method, and uh, you're a good person. I'm just not interested. And they'll be a little more kinder with you. Here, it's kind of like they'll use whatever words they want. And I was at this uh, charity, because I do a lot of charity events for my chamber. By the way, we're a 501c3, which actually means that I, and I had that happen because we actually do a lot of charitable work. So most chambers are a 501c6, which is not IRS forgivable. It's only okay. tax deductible. So I made us a full charity, 501c3. And um, on the main website of this organization, they had taken off our link to our thing. And I said, um, what happened? And it's not there. And I calls. So we get to uh, the supermarket where we're doing food drives for one of the local charities that we do every year. And they said, John, this is amazing what you're doing. All the people. I said, yeah, I know. It's wonderful. She said, I have a question for you. I said, what is it? And this was, uh, she says, why are you not on Bubba's website? I said, you know, that's an amazing question. So um, she called one of the local reporters. They came out. And she said, John, she says, I have a question for you. What is that? Why are you not on the station? Why are you not on their, their site? You know, that's an amazing question. Why don't we pop their phone number down below, 973, and why don't we all call them and ask them? Because I've been wanting to know that for months, and nobody gets back to me. She says, that's an amazing, amazing thing to do. We're going to pop that down. Everyone watching, call this number. Oh, my gosh. They called them. They were cursing me out. I think 500 people called them. And then they made a statement <laughs> to the media saying uh, there was an update going on with our site and it was an oversight on their part. And they are listed now. Number two. So, but why do you have to do stuff like that, AJ? Yeah. And you have so to I, walk the level. So I got two questions uh, for sure. you. Here, yeah, yeah. One is that in your life, you experienced, uh, even when you work for somebody or even as an entrepreneur, People were behaving very differently and, and almost trying to rip you off. It happens everywhere. Now, I want to understand from you that why do people do that? Means they are comfortably placed. Still, they want to rip you off. Even in a place that you are working for somebody. Yes. And they are doing things like not letting you go have water, snacks. It's yes. almost like being inhuman. How, why? Do people do that? What makes them do that? So this was a government company, okay? Uh, and that's how they were very addicted. But they they had a very bad thing. And I had that happen another place where I did a part-time job for. And similar thing happened. I was upstairs on the third floor with the executives. I was hired there part-time as a technical inventory consultant for computers and tech. Okay. And I was fixing some stuff, too, on the phone. And I was up on the third floor with the VIPs. And uh, one of the ladies there, the vice president, she said, John, she says, would you like some breakfast? I said, oh, I'd love to have some breakfast. I said, I'm, I'm working right She said, don't worry about that. She says, help yourself, have some eggs, have a donut, have some orange juice. So I'm doing that. And I'm finishing my breakfast. Just as I finish the breakfast and talking to her, she says, can you take a look at my computer? I said, absolutely. I said, I'll come right back. I get a phone call. Uh, John, um, 
Greg wants to know where you are. Uh, I said, I'm upstairs. Yeah, he wants you back at your desk right away. Okay. Now, my boss is in California, not even in New Jersey. I said, I already can feel this is short-lived. Hey, Greg, how are you? Nice to talk to you. Uh, where were you, John? I was on the third floor. Mm-hmm. Where were you at 918? 918. <laughs> uh, I believe I was... Just leaving the men's room. No, you weren't. Oh, I was talking to the lady, uh, the VP. Yes, you were. And what was in your hand? What was in my hand? Oh, the lady upstairs, she asked me if I wanted breakfast. And I said, sure. And she let me have some. We don't do that. What do you mean? You don't eat with those people. She invited me. Yeah, you don't do that. Do that again and you'll be fired. Why is it is it a class a sort of a thing a class difference? It wasn't a it it was it was a I don't say it was a class difference. It was their ego in the sense that they didn't want you to be partaking in that. It wasn't a class difference. It was the fact that if you were somebody that could get along with them, they didn't like that because most of the people hated them. Where I liked them, I thought they were great people. A lot of the work there, uh, they would invite me and say, "Hey, John, would you come over? We're having a party." Oh, great. I'll bring a cake or something. And then they come over and say, John, what are you doing? Oh, I'm on lunchtime. Oh, why are you at lunch at 11? Well, because they're having a party. Oh, at 11, I said, it's on my lunchtime. I could do whatever I want. You can, but at, at, at 11.49, 11.59, you got to be back downstairs. No problem. So they were just very, they were very concerned that you were after their job and things like that. I think the reason, and then what happened, AJ, I've got to tell you, and I'll tell you why I think this is happening. I went down to my desk and I was helping lots of people. I had just saved the company, I don't know, close to a million dollars. And I was very happy with this accomplishment. And the vice president, I was helping her. I fixed her computer and everything. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is great. I got her a whole new computer. And um, something happened. I was helping somebody. And then this guy, Greg's calling me. But I'm helping one of their rep, their, their employees on the phone with support. So I said, I'm not going to grab him. He's probably just going to ignore me. And um, he, uh, I get a call. I get a, somebody walk by. He says, John, you know, Greg's looking for you. I said, I know. I'm in the middle on a call, middle of a call. I said, you know what? He's going to already badger me out. I said, you know what? I'm making an executive decision. I said this in my mind. I'm going to time delay an email that's going to be sent in 15 minutes. I'm going to log out, bing, 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 set this. <laughs> and I'm going to walk up to HR. And I walk up to HR and I said, I just want to say thank you. She said, what's the matter? I said, today's my last day. So if you want to walk me out, here's my badge. I said, I can't walk for a company that treats people like second-class citizens and can't respect people. I have no time for anybody at your company that can't address me properly. And she's like, well, she says, we're not for everybody. I said, you lost a good person. So I think the reason people are doing this, AG, if I had to guess, one reason is they're afraid of your job, but the reason people are ripping people off, it's because they feel that if they do that, they're getting power. I had a friend of mine, and we were we were bowling one night, and we went for pizza, and I still remember this. It was only maybe five or six years ago, and we went to the restaurant. It was 11 o'clock at night or 11.30 at night. They closed at midnight, so hmm. we were just finishing up bowling. We went there, and this is where I can relate it to, and he's a financial person at the time. He was a junior financial analyst. And right. so, you know, they have a little bit of an attitude. We come in there and uh, I'll call Mike for argument's sake to preserve the guilty or the innocent. 
And uh, we come up to the pizza counter, and he goes to the guy, Armano, uh, where are your specials? I said, Mike, the board's right there. He said, I don't want those stupid specials. I want the real specials. I said, what are you doing? He says, you know what I'm talking about. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Armando, I want the real specials. Listen, that pie that you're charging us six bucks a slice, buddy, it's 28 minutes before you close. I'm not going to – that pie doesn't cost you two bucks to make. I'll give you two bucks a slice. Oh, no, I'll give you a, I'll give you, I'll give you a buck a slice and because uh, you're going to throw it at anyway. You're making more than 200% profit on that pie. And I'm embarrassed like this. And then, then he doesn't say anything. Then, like, he walks away. He doesn't even give him a chance to respond because they're, like, very like that. And I said, just go sit down. I'll take care of it. I said, what do you, he says, I'll take two of the pepperoni, two of this, two specials. So it should have been $10. And I had two, so it was five. So five times four is 20 plus the sodas. He didn't want the drink of the soda because he says, I, I, I don't want I'm just, he was aggravated. So I pull up my wallet. I'm going to pay for it. And I said, sir, what do I owe you? I said, with the drink, I mean, he said, just give me five bucks. I said, excuse me? He said, just give me five bucks. He says, he says no problem. Just give me five bucks. So he had done all that argument so he would benefit. Meanwhile, I was the one that benefited. I went to the table. I said, Mike, I, I said, um, you know, what did you do that for? He's like, yeah, I said, I don't want to pay real price. So it's the people, uh, AJ, that are in the financial. Uh, and these are people that are making a lot of money. Okay, it shouldn't matter what you're making. But a lot of these people that are making this are taught this from the ranks up. Most uh, millennials have this thing where they leave a job six times. My friend had a job. He was getting X. He went up from, let's say, 80 to 150 to 250, 500. Now he's making almost a million dollars. But he did it very rude. And the thing that I don't like what he did, AJ, is he has interns working there. But you know what? Let's say they don't do a good job. Well, mm -hmm. then uh, let's say they do a good job. He says to his boss, oh, well, I did the report. I spent all night doing it. Now, if they do a bad job on it, well, what do you expect? I gave it to Brenda. I was trying to break him in, and I'll do it myself next time. So I didn't like that kind of mentality. I see this happening because it's a power thing. Right. And I see it around the financial people. I see it around the any any financial people. It's very very bad. It, it's like, and even some doctors will have this kind of attitude that they they believe they're above you. I remember going to one gentleman who was a, a well, he still owns several buildings. He's a, a landlord, and I said to the person, I say, I said, why can't you be nice? I said, you know, I put my slacks on the same way you do every day. My left foot first, my right foot, or you put your right and your left. I said, we're not that much different than each other. And right. he had adopted this thing because it was power to him. And my message to people is that want to, that are like fighting to get power, you're going to lose so it. Is, is arrogance, arrogance power? Yes. Yes. Is it, is it actually, uh, John, you are, uh, you are owner of so many companies and does it, uh, but, uh, but do you real, do you actually think that, Arrogance means that it's it's showing power or you're powerful? Well, they, so, so this this guy that I was friends with for a while, used to live in my building. He, um, every morning, when he left in the morning, he'd almost knock me over. I didn't even know who he was. And at one of the meetings, I joked with him. We were friends. And I said, um, I said, oh, yeah. I said, I know who you are. I said, you're the guy, you're, you're the schmuck every morning that almost knocks me over. It's never has time because he doesn't get, he doesn't, he, he gets up too late for work. He didn't say a word. 
And um, he says to me, he says, John, he says, you know, now I can tell you, he says, people are a waste of my time. He says, unless they're making me money, I have no time for people. And so that's what I've noticed. And this is a lot in the people in our town too, uh, AJ. It's like me first, you second. And that's not my philosophy. Um, Why is it so? Why is it so? I'll ask you two questions here. Yes, yes. John, one is that how does a entrepreneur today, how does he deal with people, with business people, with other entrepreneurs? And second question is that a lot of our youngsters are getting becoming entrepreneurs at an early age. Now, you have a huge experience in terms of companies. What would your advice be for uh, for our younger lot? Both the questions, uh, uh, if you can All right. focus. So, so the, the first question, again, was uh, to basically uh, just say that again. The first question was about how, the entrepreneur. How, how do you deal with people, get your work done, and still it, it's, be a nice it's, person? It's not, it's not easy. So, so here's what you need to do. You have to realize, and I tell this to people, even if you're firing somebody, which can happen sometimes, right? And I said, look, you're a great person. You put the effort forth. Um, it's not personal. It's just business. And you have to realize that everyone in business is not going to be your friend. They're not, unfortunately. Um, when I hire people, I'm friendly with them, but I'm not looking to go have a beer or go bowl with them or hang out with them. You need to keep that line of demarcation because if you don't, they're going to walk over you. Right. How do I deal with it? Very uh, strategically and um, in a manner that is as respectful as possible. So if I have somebody like I had a, a client the other day and there was a mistake made on the quote. Okay. That happens, right? We're all human. So I called the gentleman back. I said, look, there was a mistake made on your quote. I said, we caught it. We're going to adjust it. You know what the gentleman said to me? He wasn't nice. He's a lawyer. He started mm. yelling at me. Okay. I was very close to hanging up on him, telling him we don't tolerate that behavior. He goes, well, he says, if that's the kind of a business you run and the type of practices you do, he says, maybe you'd like to have a lawsuit against you. <laughs> And I said, sir, I said, it was an unmistake. I said, we'll take care. I got to go. He said, you call me back with your blank calculator and you, when you figure out how to add. I said, we'll adjust it. We took it. We sent it back. He didn't answer the phone, which I was very grateful he didn't answer the phone. Other lady answered the phone. I said, hi, how are you? This is John. Listen, we're not perfect. Um, we throw those hats out a few years ago. We stopped giving being perfect at least 100 years ago. And I want to call you back and let you know that there was an error on your quote off by $150. We're going to fix it. I apologize. It was only a quote. It wasn't the invoice. And this is the balance that our company expects at the completion of your job this week. So if there's any problem with you being able to pay that, just let us know because we are expecting full payment at the end of our services. So I think you have to set expectations clearly. But when people are rude to you, I had a client and you have to know when to fire people, AJ. This is something I never wanted to do. Hmm. I had a client that had a very large business. And um, they had some issues with their, their network and the system, and we fixed everything for them, but they were still unhappy, okay, uh, because things – they were still a mess. It's other things that we still had to fix. And 
they started throwing in our face that, you know, we charge them money. And we said, we know we don't work for free. And they threw in our face that, you know, you're charging us money. Well, don't throw that in my face. Bup, 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 don't do that to me. And it got into a contest where uh, they're calling us back. They had a problem with something. And another vendor was there doing some other work. And they cut one of our wires. So I said, look, we'll take a look at it. The wire was broken. We'll fix it for you as a courtesy uh, for all the challenges you've had. No, nothing. They're calling us back, AJ. And they're cursing and yelling at us, one of the guys. All our calls are recorded and stored for seven years. I politely called the gentleman back. I said, sir, I said, uh, this is John Morley from Jaymore Connection. Giving you a call back. I said, you know, I'm going to help you with your situation today. And then we need to go over something. So I solved this little issue that he had. And I said, look, I said, I just want to make you aware of something. Our calls are recorded and monitored. And I also want to let you know that our company has a very strict policy that we do not tolerate. Uh, discrimination for race, religion, sexual orientation, verbal abuse, physical abuse. That includes cursing. That includes threats. And um, you've done this already uh, once before. So I'm going to let you know that this is your warning today. If this happens again, we're going to terminate all your services. And you're going to need to go somewhere else. Okay. And I think you have to have that type of mentality because... If you can't do that, AJ, and you're the one that's like, oh, my gosh, I need them, then they've got you. So even if you do need them, you have to realize that you can't put all your eggs in one basket for one customer. And I think the way I deal with it is that the way things are at the moment might be a bump in the road, as I like to say. It's a bump in the road. When you go over a bump. Do you make a big deal about it? Do you talk about that bump two months later? Oh, my gosh, I hit that bump when we were up on the road. I'm still talking about the bump. It almost knocked my alignment out. I didn't have to pay for a, a rearrangement. But, oh, my gosh, it could have been a $3,000 realignment. And you don't whine about it, do you? Or if you get up in the morning and you stub your toe, hopefully you don't, or you bump your toe or you hit your elbow, you say, oh, my gosh, I hit my toe. Oh, it's terrible. Now I go to the kitchen. I break a glass. Oh, gee. And I and now I go to the shower. I burnt my arm and I get out. And now I'm 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 late. Uh, I spill coffee on myself. I gotta change the thing. I'm late for the office. I get to the office. I get there. The client's so upset, the boss so upset, and now you lose the account. And then after that, lunch is terrible because the lunch you ordered uh doesn't show up because they're in traffic, and now you look bad for that. The end of the day comes. And there's an accident on the road and you come back home and you're here and you suddenly discover you have no milk. So my point is hmm. things are going to happen to people. I mean, I know that's funny, but things are going to happen to people every day. It's how we choose to react to them that shapes our character and our integrity and what will make us a model and what will make people want to stay with us or repel us. So if you bump your, your toe or I knock a picture down, you know, the first thing I say, I knock the picture down. I, I hit my arm. Okay, it's a bump in the road. Next, the rep, my day is going to be a great day. And that's really, really uh, important that you say that to yourself, um, that the rest of my day is going to be a great day. But a lot of people, for some reason, they don't believe that. And there's a great phrase I learned. Uh, from someone that's a, a very great phrase. And you know what it is? Good things are coming my way. And you have to believe that. 
But if you constantly have something or a friend of yours says, oh, my gosh, it's no good, say, hey, buddy, it's just, just a bump. Yeah, yeah. But if they don't curb their way and you see they keep acting like that, that's negative behavior. You right, can't change right. somebody else. If they're going to make you feel negative around them and say, hey, buddy, that kind of bothers me. Oh, I'm sorry. And if they stop it, great. But now if they continue, you leave. The other thing I find that really hurts us as entrepreneurs, and I know I would be guilty of it for many years, you and I probably have a very good heart. We want to help people, not just charity, right? I had a lady in my, in my building that had an issue with a printer. So I wanted to help her, figure it'd be five or 10 minutes, take a look at it. And I said, I'll take a quick look. She said, oh, can you fix it? I said, yeah, I can fix it. I said, um, you know, to fix this, it'll probably be a couple hours. Let me know and I can come back. Oh, okay. Um, this is what I get per hour. All right, we'll discuss it. So I come back. And I said, well, you know what my rate is. She says, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I got you. And um, I fixed her printer two or three hours. She says, oh, John. I said, I said everything's great. She says, yeah. She says, you know, about your rate. Said, yeah. She says, I can't pay that. Well, we kind of agreed. Yeah, you know what I have? Um, I have a TV dinner in the freezer. I could give that to you. So I said, uh, that wasn't our agreement. No, I know, but I'm busy and, you know, I have to go food shopping and, you know, I, we take credit cards. Yeah, and no, I don't want to max out my cards. All right. So, you know what I do? I don't have a tantrum. I don't, I don't cause a big problem with them. I just put up a busy flag, AJ. She calls me back. John, I'm having a problem with the computer. Krista, I'd love to help you. I'm just so busy right now. All right, well, call me back. Calls me a week later. John, you come, are, you, are you able to help me out? I wish I could. I'm jammed up. Maybe next month, try me. You know what? They eventually get the message that I'm busy. But they eventually get that you're not coming back and working for free. So I think a lot of people try to get something for nothing. I'm not saying you shouldn't right. get a good deal in life. But right. like what my friend was doing, trying to get pizza at a dollar, everyone's entitled to their profit, aren't they? I mean, to make somebody begouged of that, Absolutely. I, I thought that was like, not criminal, but I thought that was just so terrible. And I said, do I really want to be friends with somebody like this? Because right. remember, the people you hang around are the people you become and the people you get associated with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, John, then you have faced a lot of negativity and people who said that you are perhaps not good enough. And if you had followed them or believed them, you would be not at a place the way uh, where you are right now. So how do you deal with people around you who are negative or who are doing it intentionally, perhaps to put you down? So it depends on how it happens, right? So let's say I, I'm very positive if you haven't noticed. When um, something happens that's negative, that would be perceived as negative, you know, the first thing I do, I say, I'm so grateful that that happened. People are like, John, what are you doing? I'm so grateful that that happened. So now I can get out of that relationship. Or now I don't right. have to see that person anymore. So I look at it as a positive. Uh, so that's how I deal with that. When somebody was, uh, we had a, a, a one of the things with, with one of our landlords, they were making accusations against me that weren't even legitimate. Hmm. And uh, I had friends with the police department. I'm, I'm also, uh, I'm an emergency responder. So I'm very good friends with them. And they kind of know who the good guys and the bad guys are. And I went down there and I said, hey, look, 
they're threatening me with all these threats and saying they're going to come after me. They're going to sue me. I said, all I did was knock on the lady's door and ask her to come and hear some noise because they were making construction above my office. And she said, what happened? I said, they threatened to sue me for criminal behavior. I said, I just knocked on the door. They said, I pushed my way in. I forced my way. I grabbed her. I said, I didn't do any of those things. John, you know, between you and I, that person's not very well liked. That whole department's not very well liked. Mm -hmm. And there's several people besides you that are filing um, private complaints. That means they're not going to be sent to them, but they're on record in case something escalates. Right. Right. So he said to me, John, you got to see why you got to cover yourself. That's number one. And just realize that everything they're giving you, it's really toilet paper. Even though it's right. going to, it might lead to something, it has no grounds. There's no proof. They had cameras on me. And I said, can I have a copy of the camera? They said, oh, John, we don't give that to tenants. Well, maybe we can give it to the court. We can give it to the judge. I bet he'd love to see that I just knocked on the door. Oh, we don't do right. that. So how do I deal with that? Because that was a situation where I felt bad. So I went with the police department. I talked to them. I put a statement in. And I realized, AJ, some people are not going to be nice. I can't change them. I wish they would be. Right. And right. so um, what I decided to do with them, because of the way I can't trust them, I avoid them. When they're mm -hmm. around, I go the other way. I treat it like an informal restraining order, which it's not, but I don't want to be even in their presence. Self-restraining order, almost like that. I, I create my own because I feel if you could stay away from them. The other day, there was a lady, and she was coming out, and I backed up. Didn't say a word to her, and I put my hands like this. You know what she said to me? <laughs> she says, thank you. They know they're a little wacky, okay? They're wacky. So you're going to get people in your life that are wacky, but how do you get from here to there when everybody's making your life so miserable? Because it can affect your cash flow. It can yes. affect your credit. Yes. It can affect your self-esteem, okay? I think the biggest thing you have to realize is where you are right now is because of where you were in the past. That's the first thing. So if you change your thoughts now, where you're going to be in the future is something different. But if you are somewhere right now that you don't want to be and you didn't think that and somebody's negative, how do you deal with that? Well, of course, you could try kindness and say, hey, look, I understand this isn't working out. You could try that. But there's some people that just I call it. They want to call the lawyer. They want to push the court fee. That's how they are. And you, can, you just you just have to know those are people you don't want in your life. You okay. know what I'm saying? And so when you make the decision if somebody's giving you a hard time or they're giving issues to you, all you have to realize is that where do you want to go? Keep your eye on your goal. Okay. Right. If, if somebody on the, on the, uh, when Eli Manning went down, by the way, he's retiring. Uh, uh, when, when, you know, he was tackling people and if somebody didn't block him, did he give up? No, he kept doing it. When the Olympians didn't make their, did they keep doing it? They kept doing it. So my success story is that, when everyone said, John, you can't be a marketer, you can't be a writer, you can't be an author. I'm actually writing my first book. will be out in about four months. And when people said you couldn't do this, I believe them, not because I wanted to. Do you know why I believe them? Because they're old programs running through my head. You can't do that. You can't do that. You'll never amount to anything. So what I want to share with you is if your programs are so bad, like if you think right now, you're never going to have any money. Now, when I think that, 
that doesn't align. I can't even agree with that sentence. It, it doesn't. But if some people say that, they're going to like click with it in their brain. So other things can be like that too. You have to stop these tapes from playing or these programs because they run 95% of your life, your subconscious. When we right. make our subconscious aware, that's when we're able to control it. And so things you do or don't do happen because of the programs in your head. So you need to first get a hold of those programs. What are you doing? What are you not doing? Keep a journal. Right. Why are you doing certain things? And then when the conscious starts to become aware of it, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to respond like that anymore. I don't want to have that habit anymore. And other people are going to do one of two things, AJ. They're going to go away from you. Or they're going to want to be part of your circle and they're going to adapt to you. I'll give you an example. Well, or, 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 they, or they want to fleece you. Is, is, uh, that, that's also a lot many What's times that? because they need you. They want to get benefit out of you. They, right. So, 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 so there's those three things. They're either going to leave you, they're going to support you, or they're going to need you. Now, this is the one that's a little bit tricky. I had a charity several years ago without giving you the name. And I printed some books for them. I printed maybe a thousand uh, playbill books for their charity. They had like a, 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 a let's say, a, a, it was an indoor um, charity uh, a fundraising luncheon. And I printed all these things, and I said to the lady, I said, can you at least mention my name? She said, oh, John, she says, I can't do that. She says, you're not a platinum sponsor. <laughs> I said, I printed your program. Well, I'll try to sneak you in uh, between the coffee and the cake. <laughs> so the coffee and the cake came. She said, oh, we especially want to thank John's company for printing the, the, <laughs> the, the thing. No name, no content, just John's company. Like, who's John's company? Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and so... I didn't get upset. Um, next year, she comes to me again, this lady. Oh, John, how are you? I said, I'm great. You said, I didn't get any business from that thing. Yeah, no, no, I got something else. You're going to get lots of business. By the way, I need you right now for something. Like, okay, what do you need? Well, I, I, we're doing a fundraiser for the school. Oh, okay. She said, I need some flyers printed. I said, one-sided or two-sided? Uh, <laughs> two-sided. Uh, color or black and white? Color. <laughs> okay, how many you need? 50, 100? She said, well, we need about a thousand. I said, a thousand? I said, well, I can give you a really good price. She said, well, we don't have any money right now. So I said to her, you know, I'm going to call her Mary. Uh, Mary, I got to think about this. I said, my office is moving to a brand new production center in less than a, mo a month. I said, I got to think about this. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I'll get back to you in a couple days. So my first instinct was to say no to her, but I did say yes, but here's what I did. So right. Monday came, I called like, Hey, how are you, Mary? Oh, John, how are you? I'm great. Listen, I got to tell you, I'm going to do this, but I wasn't going to do this for you. And here's why I did the playbill for you. You did nothing for me. You didn't mention my company name. You mentioned my name, which did nothing. You haven't gotten any business for me in a year or so. So I'm going to print these for you. But this is the last time I'm going to do something for you, absolutely complimentary for you or for your charities or anybody that you run, unless I get some business from. Oh, yeah, yeah sure, John, sure, done. So I gave her the flyers. Guess what? Never got any business from her. But that's okay. I did it at a charity. I helped. It cost me some money. But she now knows she kind of, she broke a bridge.
And I always say, uh, AJ, you never want to broke, break or burn a bridge because you never know if right. you have to recross it. Right, right. This gentleman that I was very good friends with that decided to get all up and up and this and that, I was never nasty to him. He was nasty to me. But if he happens to return to my life or says something, I'll be like, I'll still be very nice and I'll still be cordial. And a part of me is looking for an apology. The other part of me believes I'm probably never going to get it just because he's way up here. Uh, and he believes that he doesn't need to say thank you. Uh, he believes he's not wrong. And I think a lot of people have to realize one thing, and this is a hard pill to swallow. It took me a while. We're not always right, AJ. Right. We're not always right. Um, we're wrong sometimes. And if we're wrong, yes. Yes. we have to admit it. And that's something that I, I do with my clients or I do with other people. I say, look, I may not be right. And this time I know I'm not right or something. And I just tell people. And some people are like, oh, yeah, see, aha, I knew you were wrong. And then, you know, when that <laughs> happens, I was like, okay, I'm wrong. And, you know, I think next time you probably should find another prayer. And that's how I do. Oh, well, John, I was just teasing. Yeah, and I, I don't have time for those high school games. I really don't. Right. And I think people, you're right. When people need you, you have to figure out when is enough is enough, AJ. Yeah. Because you, know, you could keep giving and giving and giving, right? Um, but there's a point where it's enough is enough. So that's number one. If somebody yeah, leaves because, you, because you should not let let yourself become a host and others act like parasites. That that is a hundred percent great biology analogy. Yes, uh, that is that is very true. I think it's because uh, being raised uh, religious or Roman Catholic, we're always taught AJ to turn the other cheek four hundred forty times seven or seventy times seventy, and you know that number. Because here's the thing, nobody's going to count that number, right? That number, if we did the math on that, is 4,900 times. So I don't know about you, but I'm not counting up to 4,900 and then saying, oh, oh, you're not forgiven now. <laughs> so it's done like that as an analogy. So I think people have to realize that, you know, your life is here for a reason. Right. It's to help you become a better version of yourself and help everyone else become better versions of yourself. But what it's not here to do is to let you be a pawn on somebody else's chest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I did that. I'm going to tell you probably up until about 10 or 12 years ago. And up until about two years ago, I was still letting it be done to me by people that were of higher authority, which there's no reason they should do it either. And so regardless of whether somebody has a higher level uh they believe the different education but in truth of the matter they weren't higher but they were perceived higher and so i always say be humble to people because there could be people that are smarter than you right. and there's nothing wrong with that but it's just we're here to help each other we're here to learn we're not here to make each other's lives harder right. and so those are the kinds of people that you don't want to be with and I was right. using this analogy in one of my streams a while back. And we all know we've gone to school, grammar school, right? And uh, you have that, that bully, right? And how do you handle that bully? Well, most people would say, you know, well, go tell the teacher. But you don't want to go tattletale on the teacher. But you want to protect yourself. So how do you handle that? Well, first thing you could do is go up to the bully and say, look, um, can we work this out some way? And 
sometimes they'll say yes, and a lot of times they'll say no. And so it's not that you want to get into a fight, but generally what's going to happen is there's going to be a dominance that takes over by one party, and then somebody's going to get in trouble. And so when that happens, it's a problem. But then remember when you were in school and somebody had a birthday party, and when right. that birthday party happens, but you weren't invited, but everyone else was. Now you talk to me and say, oh, you're not going to Sharon's birthday party? I wasn't inviting, get an invitation. Oh, she's inviting everybody. Well, I didn't get invited. So I go up to Sharon. Sharon, uh, hi, how are you? Uh, by the way, I heard your birthday's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, mm -hmm. Listen, um, I hope you, hope you have a good birthday. Uh, you and I have been friends for a while. Um, I, I heard other people were going, and I, I didn't get an invitation. I didn't know if you forgot me. Oh, I'll have to check. You know, there, there, there's a lot of invitations. And she didn't invite me, but you know what happened? She wound up inviting the whole class because she didn't want to say that she didn't want to invite you. And so I find that people in life uh, that lie are going to get their just desserts. Uh, sometimes people lie because they think it's going to make them more powerful. Sometimes people lie, AG, because they're leading a double life. But how can lies make you more powerful, uh, John? You you will get exposed. You Exactly. But the trick is, what the liars do is, they didn't agree once the lie comes in. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. And then it kind of creates a thing. So, yes, they eventually get exposed, AG, at the very end. But they ride the wave for two months, three months, whatever it is, so they can yeah. get that glory. But yeah. they know 15, 15 minutes of fame. They're going to get that pain a lot later. And you know what happens? They're in a different school. They're in a different country, different state. And they're nowhere around you, just arbitrarily. So I think life is challenging for some people. And I think a lot of people in life don't want to give. Like a lot of these people I was describing to you, I had one person and I said to them, look, you know, we've helped your charity. I was just wondering, can I meet with the president? Oh, yeah, yeah, John. And then I came back to them and I said, look, I said, it's been a couple of years. We always support you. But they never got back to me. And I said, just be honest with me. If you don't want to introduce me, just tell me. But what happens is they develop this me first mentality. It's not that they don't want to help you, but your life, their life's more important than you. They're going on a vacation. They're getting an award. They're getting another car. That's more important than you. And... I've been fortunate or unfortunate enough to meet several of those people. And what I've learned is they're in their own world. And what you have to do is leave them in their own world. Right. They stay there. Right. You can be polite with them, but you can't ask them for help because they're not right. going to help you. Yes. But don't go helping them either because right. that, that's a challenge. So I think life becomes this circle where the tables can rotate and turn. Uh, we have to be honest with ourselves and have that integrity and uh, also be humble and also be grateful. When we're grateful in life, more things come to us that we can be grateful for. Yeah. But it's well, not saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, carry on. Because I was coming to your, you know, you believe so much in gratitude. So yes. I just wanted to, you know, talking of gratefulness. Yeah, I want you to talk about gratitude. Why do yeah. you think it's so so important? Just if you okay. can elaborate. Okay, let me tell you. So I, I, have a, I have a big kick with this. So every single um, uh, day, night, and morning. So I have a ring on my finger right now. You guys can see. So yeah, before yeah. I go to bed at night, I take my ring off my finger. Okay, and when I get up in the morning, 
after I've taken a shower, I put my ring back on my finger again. Pretty simple mm. process, right? Okay. I tell people to develop an uh, to develop a habit for gratitude every day. Because you're not just going to become grateful out of the blue. And I'll tell you why in a second. So my hat, my attitude is when I put, or I put my ring on in the morning, I think of several things I'm grateful for. And at night, same thing. But I don't just think about them. Now, let me let me uh, step that. Because you might say, John, I'm very thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful for my parents. I'm, I'm thankful for the food. I'm thankful for the money. That's not gratitude. Okay. It's not thank you. What's the difference? Gratitude is when you consciously and intently feel that thank you, that strong feeling in your heart. So if you try it for a moment, you can do it with your eyes open or closed. Let's say you want to be grateful for your health. So you can just say, I am grateful for my health. And you can feel it. I am grateful for my health. I am grateful for my health. I am grateful for my health. You'll start to feel a little bit of a tingling in your body, maybe a warmth. That's the sign that you're expressing gratitude. Now, maybe your car. I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful to be a guest on your show. I am grateful that I am home here in a warm home. I'm grateful that I had a good dinner. Now, when you feel that, your body resonates. Right. Does that make a difference? Make that. So what does that do for you? Okay, great question. When you just say thank you, you don't get those warm and fuzzies in your body, do you? Right? Thank you so much. You feel good, but not as good as when I say the gratitude, when you feel, like when I say you feel different, don't you feel that? All right, here's why. There's something called dopamine in your brain. Yes. It's a yep. natural high that you cause when you expel gratitude or you are excited. So when that gratitude, I'll call it a gratitude muscle, okay? Right. And just like we work our body and push-ups, pull-ups and um, arm curls and whatnot, you have to exercise that muscle of gratitude. The more you do that, the more it becomes on autopilot. Now, here's what happens. I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for all these things I just named. Guess what's going to happen tomorrow and in the future? Now, it doesn't happen as soon as you do it. It can take a few days. More things using your RAS in the back called your reticular activating system. I'm not going to get too deep in that. But that's a system that you've had implanted in you since birth. And you know why it was put there? To keep you alive. It wasn't designed to make you successful. But I'll show you how you can change that. That reticular active system is to keep you alive. And so when you're thinking about things that might be risky, it's going to say, hey, I don't know if we should do that. So it's going to like kind of pull you out to keep you safe. Just like if you touch a hot stove, you're going to pull your hand away, right? That's your reticular activating system. Now, also, if I asked you about your, if I, on a car, if I said to you, um, you just got a brand new car, okay? And I'll use you for an example, AJ, what, what color is your car? Okay, it's, it's around brown, brown. Brown, okay. So... When you go on the road, I bet you see a lot of brown cars, right? I have a white car. I see a lot of white cars. Right. Something's, something's confusing. My neighbor has a red car. He sees a lot of red cars. Why is that? Well, Raz, see, what we focus on is what we get. So if we focus on gratitude, we focus on things we're grateful for, guess what that reticular active system is going to eventually start doing for us? Start showing us more things that we can become grateful for. 
Now, I, I've had people I've coached, and they get bills in the mail, right? They're saying, oh, John, I'm having financial challenges. I said, okay, what's going on? Oh, I can't pay this bill. I got this. I got that. I said, what do you do? Well, I spend a couple hours, and I just worry about the bills, and I – you worry about the, yeah, I worry about when I get the money and I, and how long you do that for all night. And then I can't sleep. And Oh my gosh. Does it, does it make it better for you? Not really. Usually it gets worse. And then sometimes it affects my credit and then I can't pay it. And uh, sometimes I lose, I lose my power. Or I'll use my phones or my electric. And I'm like, that's not working very well for you. Is it? No. So why do you worry? Well, I have to. Okay, um, why don't we take a different spin? Why don't we be grateful for the fact that you have electric right now? Why don't we be grateful that you have heat right now? Instead of worrying about those bills when you get them, take five or 10 minutes when you get those bills and start being grateful for some things in your life. Right. All right. She did it for seven days. She gets back to me. She says, John, um, I said, how you doing? She says, I'm doing a little better. I said, how's your heat? How's your, your phones? Everything? She's like, oh, I'm fine. I said, they're all on. She's like, oh, I'm good. She says, I got my bill. She says, and I actually was able to pay it on time. I said, that's amazing. <laughs> and so I said, what you need to realize is gratitude doesn't just work for financial things. It works for relationships. So when you express gratitude, people say to me, John, what's going to show up in my life? So if I'm grateful for money or I'm grateful for people, What's going to show up in my life? What's going to show up in your life is what you have intent on. So before New Year's Eve, I tell everybody to do this every year. I write out 300 things I want in my life. Now, not 300 things I think I can get. 300 things that I want. And I encourage everyone to do this. About every 30 days, take that list out. Check off some of the things you already started to do. At the end of the year, you'll be amazed how many things you actually got on that list. So when we make it that intent and then we're gratitude, your brain's very smart. So your reticular activity system is saying, oh, I'm positive. I'm great. I'm good at this. I have a lot of money. Uh, so I have um, a phrase and, and I'll share it with you. And it's a great phrase. And this is what I, 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 it's a mantra. And I tell people to say it all the time. I say it in the shower. I say it everywhere and it's helped me. Large sums of money come to me easily and quickly in increasing quantities from multiple sources on a continuous basis for the good of all that I get to keep. I'll say it two more times. They always say it three times. Large right. sums of money come to me easily and quickly in increasing quantities from multiple sources on a continuous basis for the good of all that I get to keep. So as I say it this time, I'm going to explain it and you're going to feel it. Large sums of money. Just feel that large sums of money coming to you. Just coming into your bank account. People giving you money, checks, whatever works for you. Easily and quickly. We don't want it to take a long time. In increasing quantities. We want it to be increasing. We don't want it to just be a double. We want it to keep going up. From multiple sources. We don't want it from just one source. We don't want one source to dry up. On a continuous basis. We don't want it just once. For the good of all. We don't want it to harm anybody. We right. want it for people that can afford it. That I get to keep. Now, why do I say the last part? A lot of times people manifest money, AJ, but then as soon as they get it, it's gone. So by saying things like this and by saying the other thing that I had shared before, these are really the secrets. Good things are coming my way. 
if you got up every morning and said a mantra like this and you just felt this, that's going to make your day feel a lot better. So now if you're a, a business owner and you're an entrepreneur and money hasn't been working for you, guess what's going to happen? Your brain is going to start, oh, wow, there's a deli stop I haven't gone to. Oh, there's something I can do or here's a dream I got. You're going to start to get these creative insights that you weren't getting before because you were blocking your RAS from working. Because they're like, oh, I'm never going to get any money. So, okay, no problem. We'll make sure you don't get any money. We'll make sure you never get anything. We'll make sure you stay so poor. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, I, and I think that's an interesting point. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, I see, I see we've, we've got, we've got some, we got some good comments here. Um, so uh, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much uh, for, for the kudos, uh, Adiv. Um I, I re really appreciate that. It, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, Sweeta, thank you as well. And if anybody has mm -hmm. questions, let me know. So the biggest question I get is, John, how do I start? I don't know how to do this. Well, I didn't know how to do it either. Uh, <laughs> you just start, but you start with something small. So what can you manifest that's small? So I'm going to give you another little trick. This is something I've done for years, and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter whether it works or it doesn't. The thought of it is what makes it work. Okay, I've got a bag here. I don't know if you guys can see this bag. Yeah, yeah, bag? yeah. Okay. I got a dollar bill in here. Now, I'm not sure what's equivalent to a dollar in... Uh, in uh, it's around in 70 rupees around, plus. Okay. Yeah, yeah Indian rupees. So a uh, dollar is around 70, uh, 70 rupees, Indian rupees. So I, I wrapped this actually in... I dipped it in cinnamon and put it in this bag. So cinnamon has been known hmm. for many, many years to be an attractor. Since I've done that, it's developing a habit to bring more abundance to me. So you can have little hacks like that. Nothing wrong with that. As long as your hack does not harm or hurt another person, you can be as wealthy as you want to be. You just cannot harm uh, another person. That's probably the most important thing uh, that you, I have to you, say. Would you call yourself superstitious? Because we Indians tend to do a lot of this stuff, you know, <laughs> to keep things which make you... Uh, what you call believe in something, you know, and some people may find it weird, but actually it works for a lot of people. I see it. Uh, you, you, it works for you. So would you call it superstition? Would you call it some lucky charm? I think uh, the biggest thing I would say is that it is something that allows me to connect. So I wouldn't call it superstitious. I would call it something that gets my brain because really that's not what's doing it. We all know right. that, right. but it get my, gets my brain to be in a pattern. It was something that I connected with. If that makes sense. Yes, it perfectly makes sense. But how did you come to just choose that a dollar bill and a, a what you call and cinnamon? That's interesting. Great. Great question. <laughs> so um, cinnamon has always been used many, many years for mm -hmm. helping people uh, with ailments and helping us yes. cure things in our body. Cumin, uh, yes. we know, helps our body in a lot of different ways. So I came up with this idea because of the healing and then taking something that I want to grow more of, which is abundance. Yeah. You, you know, cinnamon is used as part of our daily food in a lot of dishes we use it you know since generations nowadays we use it less but a lot many times it's used in our daily dishes 
I know, and we use it a lot. So sometimes I put it on cereal and stuff, and and it also has a good health benefit to your body. And so what I found is that, you know, this is something that's interesting because of the ancient times and what I read. And by reading this, I really believed, and it helped a lot of people. Now, I know I know that can sound a little strange, but the truth is that um, when you have something like this and you can relate to it, the more crazy we make something, AJ, the more it works in our life. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sure you can relate to that. So let's absolutely, take it. Absolutely, absolutely. What you call is, I wouldn't even use the word crazy because that's the perception that somebody else may have. And it doesn't matter, actually. Exactly. So the crazier you make something, the more it's going to work. I'm going to give you an example. How many of you out there believe that you have a good memory? Hmm. Depends on each individual to individual. Some say they have a good one. Some say they don't. Right. And I think what's important is that when we talk about um whether you have a good memory or not is not important but what if we can make you have a okay right so the best way to make you have a good memory is to make things using different devices we have things like mnemonics we can chunk it and we've learned about those things from school but i bet very few of us have been taught to make something ridiculous, to make it more memorable. Right, right. For a pretty, pretty, pretty new concept. So if you were going to the store, and let's say you had to get, I don't know, a whole bunch of things uh, for your list. One thing you needed to get, let's just say, was, um, I don't know, maybe you needed to get some eggs. So we're going to picture a great big boat, and in that boat, we're going to see hundreds of eggs in cartons all on the deck of this huge pirate boat can you picture that right right now you need something else what else do you need aj what else do you need at your store what would you like to pick up depends what i need it all depends maybe you know all all, all individual requirements at that point in time we're just making an example. So let's say I need butter. Okay. okay. Now there are uh, three mass poles uh, in beneath all these cartons of eggs. And each one of these mass poles has a stick of butter, big butter on each. And that reminds me that I need to get three sticks of, uh, three sticks of butter. Okay. Okay. Now, in addition to needing the butter, the next thing I need, uh, I need to get some paper plates. So on the top of the mass poles, there are paper plates just waffling around. On top of the paper plates, I realized that I needed to get watermelon. So I see watermelon pieces just on there with a pirate throwing them at the other pirates so they don't get on the ship.
feel like I need some, um, oh, what else do I need to get? I need to get some shrimp. So right where the plates are, just coming down the plates, there are strings of shrimp. Right. All right, let's see if we can remember that. So that was pretty easy. But normally, if I would have sent you to the store and asked you to remember all that, you probably wouldn't have remembered it, right? Right, you're right. Absolutely. First thing we asked you for was uh, there's this yes. big ship. Yes. On the big ship, there is a um, big deck and there's eggs there, right? Remember the cartons of eggs? Yes. And what was on the three mass poles? Butter. Right. And above the mass poles on the very top was watermelon. Correct. The, the pirates throwing that out. And what was stringing down the sides? Actually, it was something on top of the watermelon. What's on top of the watermelon? Shrimp. Uh, the plates. And then on top of the plates, we had strings with the shrimp. Yes. So we can see that um, when we make something ridiculous, it works. But it gets our uh, hypothalamus. It gets our penile gland. It gets right. our subconscious to get on board. See, the more that we make something interesting, the more we're going to remember it. Now, why is that? Have you ever tried to learn something and it was hard? So many things. Okay. Let's pick something you tried to learn recently that was not easy. I I this, I I learned uh, making website for myself. So I'm not a tech guy. I did not even it was very difficult for me to even find do a lot of things online. But then I learned it hard way, but I learned it at the end of the day how to design your own website. So I'm not very great at it, but still I can do a, a fair fair job with what Okay, so let's take something else. Let's say that you wanted to be a chemist, but you okay. know nothing about chemistry. Nothing. Okay. I was very bad in school in chemistry. But you have a great grandmother who bakes okay. amazing cookies and pastries. Right. So you bake with your grandmother, great grandmother. You mix everything, right? with the ingredients, the sugar, the butter, the nuts, uh, the the uh, um, uh, uh, vanilla, uh, baking, baking powder. And I just say to you, okay, you need to have a good foundation, right? And you have a good foundation, you now can learn chemistry. See, chemistry is very, very much simple. All you have right. to do is realize that we're mixing stuff. Just don't eat the stuff because it's going to damage. It could be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And so what I tell people in life is if they want to learn something, whether it's technology, whatever it is, let's find something that you know. If you were to build a house and start with the roof, what would happen? You won't be able to build it. You won't be able to build it. So if I start now, let's say I, uh, I start with putting... Um, just some wood together, but I don't put a foundation together and I start building it a few stories. What's going to happen? These are castles in the air. It's going to, it's going to collapse is what's going to happen. 
So if you don't have a solid foundation, AJ, you're going to have a big problem um, and you're never going to be able to buy anything. So when our mind and our subconscious knows something, it connects to something else. But why is that? It's because of the neurotransmitters in our brains and creating neural pathways. So each time we learn, we create more pathways from one part of the brain to another. Right. And so what's really interesting about this is that the more we do this, the more our brain connects to things that we already know. But if you have more pathways to something you know, we could say you have more intelligence. Right. So you, you have explained it quite, uh, quite uh, well uh, to a lot of people, how they can you know, increase their memory, make a better memory of their own existing memory and how to remember things. And with, with a lot of examples, especially the cinnamon thing, it's like, like going to connect a lot with the Indian people because it's something to eat. So it's the daytime here. So, and it reminds you something very good. And as you said, because of its healing properties, uh, cinnamon is what it is uh, for, uh, for everybody. Uh, John, my last question to you, because it's one hour, 40 minutes. I did not expect. And I guess uh, it's been so interesting. I didn't even notice the time. One last question for you. And, and this is not going to be our last conversation. It's our first. How do you manage so much business motivation about gratitude, about so much of stuff? You know, how do you manage it all? It, uh, it will be inspiration for a lot of people. Okay, so here's the short answer on that. <laughs> the short answer is I have my intentions down of what I want, okay? Okay. And I asked the universe to help me. Now, I'm religious as well. I don't know if you have people religious. As I told you, I'm Roman Catholic, but I realize some people may not be religious. And I ask God and our Lord, I say, look, like a lot of times, you know, you go on a trip, right? And you're like, how can I get 100 things done? And I can, or let's say I get 20 things done but you only have this day and you're going away, right? So that becomes a problem. So I say to the Lord, I say, look, I said, I don't know how I'm going to get this done today. I don't know how I'm going to be here, be there. I mean, it's like almost virtually impossible. But I know, Lord, um, that wherever there's a possibility, you can make one. And I know you'll close the doors that are the wrong doors for me. And you'll open the right doors and the right windows for me. And um, I trust that you're going to put me at the right position, at the right place. So I'll get everything I need to get done on my list. I'm not even going to worry about it. I know you're going to take care of me today uh, because I'm not in control, Lord. You are. Right. Right. John, uh, it's such a great uh, conversation. Okay. And and we will continue to talk, uh, talk more often about because... You talk about motivation, you talk about gratitude, you talk about business, and there is so much to learn from each aspect of uh, what whatever you say or do. On that note, uh, John, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass. Thank you very much, especially on taking out time, time on a Sunday. It has been my pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for the privilege, AJ. I hope your viewers uh, have enjoyed tonight. Yes, they indeed did. Thank you very much.
Thank you very much, John. Blessings and have a, have a great night. And again, all my gratitude for your time and for your wonderful audience tonight. Blessings to everyone. And remember, be grateful for everything, but really feel that gratitude. I want you now, your viewers, to start making that a habit. Figure out what it is when you put a shirt on, whether you put a watch on. I want you to start adapting gratitude every day. I promise you your life will change. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you.